Welcome to Funding the Dream, a Game Whisperer podcast for Kickstarters. I'm Richard Bliss, the Game Whisperer, and welcome to the show. This episode, which is episode 36, I have invited on the show um, a, uh, a person I follow on Twitter and somebody who has written some uh, great stuff on their blog, and I read it, and I liked it, and I said I have to have this guy on the show. And so I've invited Chris Norwood to join the show. Chris, thank you for being here. Uh, thank you for having me. It's kind of weird to actually talk back to you and have you hear me today. So. <laughs> well, you mentioned it earlier as we were talking that you have listened to the show before, and uh, uh, I appreciate that. And you have put out some great content, so I thought it would be a great opportunity for you to come back. Well, not come back, but be on the show yourself. I appreciate that. Yeah. So let's uh, just, uh, it's GamerChris.com is your blog, right? That's right, yes. All right, let's talk about Kickstarter. The reason okay. you're on the show is because I read your blog. Uh, it was a two-part series, uh, two very long uh, blog entries about this concept of Kickstarter heading for a crash. Mm -hmm. And that's actually one of the subtitles in your uh, blog. And the article, the second, we're going to focus on the second part. So mm -hmm. what's the real deal with Kickstarter is the name of your blog post. And one of the subtitle headings is, is Kickstarter good for the board game hobby? And then the other one is, is Kickstarter headed for a crash? Uh, you want to explain yourself there? What, what do you, what, what's going on here with these blog posts and why, uh, why would you be asking is Kickstarter good for the board game hobby? I, I think it's really more than anything. Um, from I listen to a lot of podcasts, read a lot of blogs, and a, a lot of people out there just really aren't very afraid at all to just speak out about um, the danger they see and um, how uh, how Kickstarter is um, bound to fail, how it's a flash in the pan and all this excitement. It's a bubble market. I mean, you hear all those kind of things that are floating around, and a lot of times, more than anything, they actually haven't ever participated in Kickstarter. They don't. Um, they haven't. I really investigated very much about it. And um, so as someone who, I, I mean, I don't support a ton of projects, but I definitely, you know, keep abreast of most of them and um, on Twitter follow quite a few of the, the project owners. Um, it's just not at all been what my experience is. So I wanted to uh, kind of try to address some of these issues and talk about them and more than anything, maybe um, try to give a more even-handed response to them um, hopefully understanding a little bit about, you know, where they're coming from as well as hoping to inject a little bit more of the reality. So, so tell me, where are they coming from? Um, so your blog, what you're telling me is your blog is in response to all of this content that you're hearing out there on blogs, podcasts, board game geek forums, where people are claiming that that somehow Kickstarter isn't good for the hobby and that Kickstarter is destined for a crash. We'll talk about the crash one second, okay. but let's talk about first about the um, the board game as a hobby. Is, it, mm -hmm. is, is Kickstarter good for the board game hobby? Tell me where are they coming from, and why would somebody even assume to make that statement? I think the um, the most common statement that I hear is that these are games that basically couldn't make it um, through the traditional big publisher model, um, and therefore they're not. Um, so the quality of the game maybe from the get go isn't good enough. Uh, certainly, even if they don't necessarily push that point, they tend to talk about how they haven't been adequately playtested, there's not enough development, that a lot of them um, need more attention that, again, the traditional model would give them. Um, but this is a short circuit, a shortcut, 
to get them published without having to or without having the opportunity maybe um, to go through some of that extra development. Now, I, okay, there's, there's probably some validity in that, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, and I, I think I you know, even said that, that um, there's let's definitely hey, the chance just, of that. Let's just suppose no one's read your blog. I know okay. it might be hard to believe, but let's suppose no <laughs> one's read it. So tell me, is, I would think that there's some legitimacy in that statement, some legitimacy in that statement, that, that Kickstarter has been used kind of as a bypass and that some of these games haven't been properly tested. Uh, yeah, and like I said, I'll definitely agree to that. I, I was sent at least one that I can think of that really, um, I think I sent back, I, I don't know, 2,500 words of really more I considered a play test um, and uh, was trying to give some of that extra development. Um, but the project actually got funded. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure there's some people out there that are not very happy with the end product that they got. But, um, uh, you know, overall, I think that's, that's going to be the rarity. Um, Either that or the project's going to be so small um, that it's going to have a very minimal impact on the entire industry as far as uh, that goes, you know. Okay, so let's talk about that. Um, so it, here was a game. You've chosen not to name it. I'm not going to ask you mm-hmm. um, yet. Uh, what, <laughs> <laughs> but, okay, it got funded. Uh, right. Any idea about how much it got funded for? Just a, uh, a rough, thug, rough figure? Uh, around four thousand dollars was okay. was the target. So, so. around four thousand dollars, and uh, to be on the top ten list right now, you have to hit I think uh, forty five. Viva Java just made it to the top ten list this last day or two, and mm-hmm. they hit forty five thousand. So we're talking about a game that is one tenth the funding level of something like Viva Java. And I wonder how many back. Any idea how many backers backed that four thousand dollars? Um. I can't remember exactly, but it was uh, probably not more than a hundred or so. Um, yeah, right around a hundred, I think, is what I remember. But. So, if a hundred backers at forty dollars a piece would be about four thousand. So that'd probably be about right if the game was coming in about forty dollars. Uh, so, a hundred backers. So, when we look at that, a thousand, four thousand dollars sounds like a fairly big number, but when you break it down and say, well, a hundred people out there. We're interested in this enough to back it. Mm-hmm. And you, you almost have to ask yourself, are you sure they're going to be disappointed? I, I mean, they may not be. I mean, if you, know, if you were to talk to the project owner, um, uh, they had done some play testing and had positive responses. So, you know, uh, it depends on maybe on the market a little bit as well. You know, people that had already tried it or enjoyed it, I, I mean, they probably could get some enjoyment from it. But, um, but you looked at it, and you determined that that game honestly needed more playtesting. I mean, you've been gaming for a long time. You've got, how long has your blog been around? Uh, uh, nearly five years. And you have a fairly, are you willing to share your readership? How many, how many readers do you get on your show, I mean, on your blog? Um, I have uh, 700 to 1,000 or so per day uh, hits, and you know, a little over 20,000 a month now. So, um, I mean, that's, that's, that's a pretty good, so you... We can say that when it comes to games, you you, you kind of have some respectability. You know what you're talking about out there. So you saw this game come across, and you said, "Nah, this one is not ready for prime time." Uh, yeah, that's definitely. I mean, we play tested it in my group, and um, we saw some just some major flaws in it, kind of to start with. But again, you know, we're all pretty um, pretty hardcore uh, gamers, so uh, it definitely wasn't for us. And and I, I gave her some some tips about that, what I thought might could make it better. Okay, so, but here's the point, is that, all right, here's a game, it funded, 
Um, although it's funny because if it had, if they had asked for, and I got to tell you, I don't know who can make a game for only $4,000, but that's, <laughs> that's a whole different point. It funded, uh, they got their money. A hundred people got the game. All right. But is it bad for the hobby industry because this game got funded and a hundred people got a copy of it? I mean, is it, it, did it damage the industry because of that or the entire hobby, uh, market? Again, I, that's, I just don't think that it's um, significant at all. And uh, I can't imagine that um, even if people took a chance on that, I can't imagine it would do anything other than perhaps leave a bad taste about that designer or that game company. Because um, uh, we, all, we all buy games that are terrible sometimes, um, not just through Kickstarter. So I, I just really don't see how, like you said, 100 people uh, getting a game they may or may not like would, would have any real impact at all in the hobby. So, okay, so um, you've identified it. I've identified uh, several, and the ones I usually identify don't make it, but I identify it from, it's not because I don't play test it. It's just I look at it and say, ah, you got your, you know, I think nothing against the designer, but there was a game out there briefly called Spud <laughs> on Kickstarter. I think he got $10 in backing. Mm-hmm. It would appear to me that the Kickstarter process kind of solves itself, right? Yeah, absolutely. I think we've, we've all seen some of the projects that come out asking, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars that really have no clue, um, you know, yeah. that aren't plugged into Board Game Geek or, or other places on, around the Internet to really know what the modern board game um, hobby and, and market is really about. And, and again, I think just that level of uh, cluelessness a lot of times uh, gives it away and, and dooms it to failure anyway. So, like I said, it's pretty self-selecting a lot of times which games make it are probably the games that are of the highest quality. So, Chris, tell me then, where are these guys coming from? These people who are writing this information, and I see it, and I brought you on because you had articulated it so well. you got to help me here. Where, why are people saying and taking a position that says they feel that Kickstarter is bad for the board game hobby? What? Because so far, we haven't really identified... I got, I, I'm not sure where I see where they're coming from. Uh, yeah, I think... I think they would be probably hard pressed even to to give any real detail about that either. Um, I, probably more than anything, it's just sort of, you know, Kickstarter is such a new thing. Um, it's, uh, you know, it's different. It's it, it feels maybe like a short circuit. I think at um, the speed of it a lot of times and how fast mm-hmm. things can come and hit. Um, uh, maybe. That might be a part of it as well. So let's talk about that. How. Um... Uh, because when a game comes out from concept to design to to posting on Kickstarter to the money coming in, that's pretty fa- that can be pretty fast, right? Some of these games are raising. Well, let's take the uh, you know the, the D Day Dice and Schlock Mercenary, the current top two. Mm-hmm. You know, between the two of them, that's a quarter of a million dollars. The, the two games raised at the exact same time, right before Christmas, over about a thirty to 40 day period a quarter of a million dollars between two games <laughs> in 30 days yeah i i think um is it just is it, just that number is another part of it right it's just to see um if you look or hear people talk about that that sounds like so much money um and so much money that a lot of these um these opponents would would say is uh going to you know uh, Un- untested, unknown designers, um, you know, that we really don't know what's going to happen. Of course, 
in at least one of those cases, that's not true at all with D-Day Dice, of course. Um, I think you know you, you can look at the history of that game and, and the print and play version that have been around forever. And um, there's just you know more and more you see games like that that have history or that have you know previous followings. Um, you know that's another part of Kickstarter. Not everything is unknown. Not everything is brand new either. But um, those aren't again the the a lot of the opponents don't tend to um, to consider things like that either. That uh, there may be more that goes into some projects than than others. And uh, a lot of those things that help to contribute to which ones will succeed and which ones will fail. Okay. So our listeners are probably kind of as incredulous. I would think that they would be as incredulous as we are that, that really Kickstarter could in any way possible be bad for the board game hobby. If anything, uh, as I talked to old timers like uh, Richard Borg, who was on the show, uh, my podcast went out today, Tracy Hickman, who's been doing this for years. Um, I have uh, Peter Atkinson is going to be on the show this week. He and I uh, record. He owns Gen Con. Uh, mm-hmm. previous. You know, these guys are looking at this going, wow, if only there had been this kind of money when they were younger. Um, and the opportunity, you know, Richard says it well, Richard Borg, that designers have access now that just, they don't have to go through the gatekeeper of the publisher. And that's one of the c- criticisms I've heard about Kickstarter is that it removes the publisher as a gatekeeper which then by default, I've heard them say, makes the game less quality assurance because the publisher didn't get their eyes on it. Did I, make, did I say that well? Uh, yeah, you did. I, I just, I'm giggling a little bit that that's necessarily the truth a lot of times. I think, um, I mean, if you, even in game industry, and we all um, know that some game companies, you know, quality control is not necessarily. Uh, a guarantee if you buy a game from them. Um, so, you know, I just don't know that that's necessarily the, the reality that people make it out to be. Okay, and, and I would agree with that. We've only got a few minutes here. Let's talk about the second, uh, second part mm-hmm. of this. Is Kickstarter headed for a crash? Can no. I? <laughs> no. <laughs> well, well, now... Uh, there are a bunch of people who said it was headed for a crash who have now changed their tune. Back in November and October, I, as I talked a lot, as I started up the show, um, that was a lot of. I, I was talking to a lot of people who were believing that they needed to get on the bandwagon in November and December because by the end of the year, Kickstarter was going to be done and over, <laughs> and and they felt it was going to be a bubble. Uh, so tell me, you got any insights? I have my own, but tell me, what do you think? They're, they're, where are they coming from when they ask or suggest that Kickstarter is headed for a crash? What do you think is going on there? Well, you know, actually, as I was writing the article, I went and did a little bit of research just to what a, a bubble market really means, and what'd and I think part. What'd you find out? Well, part of that is is whenever you have this overvaluation of both good and bad assets, um, and I think to me, at least a little bit, especially last year, maybe near the end of the year. Um, there may have been some element of that where you had, um, just because it was on Kickstarter, a lot of games, almost regardless of quality, were getting some attention, maybe getting funded again or, or whatever it happens to be. Um, but I think what's amazed me just in this year already and near the end of last year is sort of the learning curve of a lot of the project owners um, and, and how people that have been part of Kickstarter and funded a few projects before um, – we're expecting more. And, and so those that are, are becoming su- successful now and are having uh, the best campaigns now, um, there's a number of things that, that must be done. I mean, things that must be provided 
Um, and, and that is just, again, kind of speaking to the quality level of their campaign and kind of translating over to the game as well. Um, it's just becoming more and more clear which of those projects are the ones that you need to fund. Um, you know, again, whether that's sending um, copies for, you know, reviews or, or uh, you know, video uh, coverage just to kind of explain the game to, to various luminaries uh, who do the reviewing and all that kind of thing or providing rules or the, the quality of the video. Um, to me, I think that's it's helping to um, identify what those good assets, the good quality games are so much more clearly that um, I just don't see that uh, that same fervor quite that we did before that anything could get funded. I think that there's a lot of money, there's a lot of interest, but it's going to go to the games that are the most attractive, that have the most quality uh, kind of built into them. Yeah, and uh, I agree. We're seeing, so it would actually be the opposite, that the enthusiasm and the, the uh, euphoria that existed right at, before Christmas is now coming back and people are... Now, I know some people have hesitated because most of those projects that they funded back in November and December, you know, $600,000 was funded in the month of December, successfully pledged. Almost none of those games have shipped. You know, here mm -hmm. we're in February, and nobody's actually seen the games yet. And so we'll see what happens in March when these games start rolling in. Supposedly, they're all supposed to, I think six of the projects I'm backing are supposed to be delivered in March. Mm -hmm. So we'll see what happens. But I think that you're right. People are now taking a more serious look recognizing what needs to happen, and then rewarding those people who show the discipline and the sophistication of understanding the Kickstarter process. And they're rewarding them with, with pledges. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, I, I think I, I spoke in the article as well just about um, uh, the strength of Twitter and, and other communities uh, on the Internet as well and, um, and, and how powerful that can be both for uh, helping to know more information about projects, but also on the on the project owner side, uh, just to reach out and touch um, you know so many people with um, you know what they're doing and, and to really get to know them a little bit and and uh, I think that's just another one of those things that the people who are investing in uh, those kind of resources as well, um, you know you know if they care that much about their game and they're putting that much time and energy into it, the the game they've built. Um, has at least that much love and attention already poured into it. So um, Good point. it's just it's just clear to me that you know the the people, the friends that I make on Twitter, um, you know, I want to be part of their project. Right, and I mean, you, to some degree, you and I are there uh, as I follow your your t tweets and you follow mine. You start to build up that relationship. You start to get a respect. You can have a healthy dialogue out there. I know it's only 140 characters, but we have a chance to actually that makes us articulate and keep our thoughts focused. Mm -hmm. And tend not to ramble. So uh, I think you, you've touched on it. We'll just say it here as we wrap up that Twitter, Facebook, these are the methods that you use to drive validity and uh, strengthen your reputation on your Kickstarter projects that people have confidence backing you. Yeah, absolutely. And I think anybody um, that has had a successfully funded project, you know, they're going to talk about how much work it really is um, from way before it starts until the last day and then even continuing to get it published, um, you know, it's, it's easy to see that effort, I think. And that's, that's the big thing that I you know, want to tell people out there that are scared about Kickstarter. You know, if you're interested in it, you can find people, you can see the effort they're putting in, and, and it's pretty clear. And oftentimes they're willing to help. I mean, that's why we started the whole, whole podcast. We're out of time, and, and that's a good uh, ending that 
because I have my own uh, Kickstarter campaign that we're doing the the Funding the Dream Kickstarter podcast campaign. I can never remember how it's all phrased <laughs> together, but yeah, if you go out to Kickstarter to put in Funding the Dream, we've got, I think, five days left, and we are at 77%, and it takes a lot of work. Uh, following up, keeping in touch with everybody, thanking them, uh, making sure that you answer all their questions. It takes a, a lot of effort. And so we're looking forward to your Kickstarter campaign, Chris. Uh, <laughs> well, it's, it's, the game's called Acute Care, so keep your eyes open. We'll acute, see how it goes. Acute Care? That's right. All right. As you get close, we're going to have you back, and we're going to talk about uh, the process as you go through ready to get it up up to speed. That right. I, just heard, I just heard the dong. We're out of time. Uh, Chris, thank you so much for joining us and, and talking just a little bit about Kickstarter and kind of the perception that you've had of its future and direction and what's going on. Thank you so much for having me, Richard. You've been listening to Funding the Dream. I'm Richard Bliss, the Game Whisperer, and I've had Chris Norwood from GamerChris.com. His blog and his Twitter handle is Kilroy underscore Lock, L-O-C-K-E, and you can follow him like I do and uh, have a nice conversation out on the Twitter sphere. Thank you for listening. Hopefully we've shared something with you that has been inspiring. That's our purpose. And also that you can go out and have your own dream that we can help fund and help you realize. Be inspired. Go do it. And we want to see you doing it. Uh, thank you for listening. You've been listening to Funding the Dream. Take care. <laughs>